Welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. I'm your host, Uncle Steve, and this week I have a brand new Iron Maiden story for for you. This week is coming all the way to you from Finland. So maybe you're thinking, Finland, that's got to be a Willie Valiverta. And you're right. I got Willie Valiverta from Finland on the line. Willie, how are you, sir? How are you, sir? Hello, everyone listening to the zone. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you for coming on and doing your story. I appreciate it. All right, so we'll get right into this. I think we're having some funny issues with the audio here, so we'll get right into this. Um, now, you're a younger guy than me, so I, I, I wanted to talk to you kind of about growing up and what you were hearing and how you got into Maiden here. So when you were growing yeah. up, when you're growing up as a kid, you know, yeah, everyone seems to have different styles of music in their house. So what kind of music were you hearing uh, growing up? My father used to play a lot of music at our house, house and uh, he had quite a broad taste in music. There was, uh, I think he liked Beatles a lot. There was some Rolling Stones, everything like that. Uh, I think there was even a Village People CD somewhere around. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Simon and Garfunkel, Little Richard. Things like that. Okay. So he had, so basically some early rock and roll, lots of, uh, well, it's kind of a variety there. A lot of melodies, harmonies. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I'm about to, yeah. Okay. Uh, one thing you said in your email, you said that, that you also grew up hearing obviously some, uh, Finnish music. So yeah. I wanted to ask you because you made a comment about it, and I didn't. I wanted to just make sure I clarified this because you said the music was pretty simple, but the lyrics were pretty deep. So, what 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 is it about the lyrics that are deep? Is it is it something that's uh, native to over there? The type of uh, or I'm trying to think of the word uh, cultural. Is it the culture? Is it something that just makes it that way, or what is what is it? <laughs> yeah, I think it's something like that. I think many Finnish musicians write lyrics from uh, from deeper than skin okay because uh you know we are finished we don't do small talk we are quiet type but uh sure you can pour, pour all that soul into the lyrics it's easier that way i think gotcha that's cool that's cool i i, I suck at asking the question but you did a good answer <laughs> <laughs> now real quick though cause i want to ask you this because on your twitter page it says that yep. you you are a bass player, but you're learning to play guitar. And I, I mean, I've obviously see you. Anyone that follows you on Twitter sees that you do a lot of guitar videos. So, how long have you been playing bass, and how long have you been playing guitar? Oh man, I think I started playing bass. At, uh, well, I was at uh, grade seven. Mm -hmm. How old are you back then? Uh, At twelve. Twelve, yeah. Yeah, I picked up playing bass. Uh, I always used to fool around with my dad's old acoustic. I still have it, mm -hmm. uh, but that I wouldn't call playing. But uh, <laughs> I really started playing at twelve, I think. Yeah, got my first bass, first real bass actually, uh, when I was fourteen, fifteen. Okay. I had some uh, bass-shaped object that had four strings on it <laughs> that was made of MDF. Until until I was fifteen, fourteen. Okay, when that, 
that that was something else. <laughs> yeah. When did you when did you pick up and start really trying to go after guitar? Oh, I've always kind of uh, fooled around with guitar, but uh, never had a decent one. Mm-hmm. It's just a few years now, maybe a year and a half, that I've been playing more seriously with a guitar. Oh wow. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think most times guitar is funnier to play with yourself than a uh, than the bass. Sure. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so so moving forward a little bit, you kind of get into your formative years, and you, you said that you saw an advertisement where you could order like a bunch of CDs and kind of join one of the clubs. Uh, yeah, which, which we all did back then. So. What what kind of stuff did you end up ordering on your first little order you did? Yeah, like you said, uh, I grew up listening to all kind of melodic music, and uh, music has always been a big thing in my life. So uh, uh, I kind of was listening to the same kind of music that the kids around me were were listening to. Uh, Dance, Euro disco, you know, <laughs> yeah, all that, all that techno stuff, and that rednecks, Ice MC, and stuff like that, horrible, but melodic actually. Sure. There are still some songs that you just add distorted guitar and you got a heavy riff, right there. <laughs> right, right. I um, when I read your email, I looked up uh, two different things that you mentioned. You mentioned one called a. Uh, Scatman John uh, and I <laughs> yeah so I, I listened to a song called uh I wrote it down just so I could try to say it uh ski bop batop bop <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then um I listened to one by Ice MC which was a, a female singer and then a, a guy and that was kind of yeah. uh like you said it's melodic it's just a little tech like a little bit of a techno um yeah but you said um one of the you said the the one song that I at least you mentioned one of the songs that really helped you kind of move into a different direction. Uh, it was the band, the offspring. It was a song called smash and he's got a really, really cool voice. Yeah, actually it's, it was the whole album. Uh, Okay. My my childhood friend was, uh, he was in this skate punk type music. Mm -hmm. So he listened to bands like Millen Colin. I think there was a, was it, Dookie by Green Day. Yeah. That time. Yeah. Uh, and Offspring Smash. And I I really liked Offspring. That that album was really, really cool. I still got it. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's got a great voice. He's got a really cool voice. Yeah. And his uh, guitar, guitar skills yeah. are pretty cool, too. Cool, cool. Really fast, big hands. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure what people are probably thinking is, okay, this guy's into techno music and you know, skate punk music. So when's the real change going to happen? So you told me you had a stepbrother. And when he moved out of your house that you went, yep. you went through his albums and he had uh, black Sabbath, Metallica, Van Halen, yeah. but you said the album covers really didn't do anything for you. And you said you saw one album cover kind of brownish and there was a lot going on. And yeah. so what did you see? And you said you put it down. Well, actually you said you played it and when you, put the needle on you said you were stunned so what was the album what do you remember about the experience just tell us about it yeah i saw this really cool logo 
yellow logo on a brownish album with a cool cyborg-looking dude <laughs> staring into your soul, actually. <laughs> and loads and loads of things going on around him. And uh, I thought, oh, this is cool. I, I want to play this. And it was a good old vinyl. So I dropped the needle and got somewhere in time. Yeah. That guitar, guitar intro, that soaring guitar intro, it, it just blew me away. Oh yeah, and and that that's that's the road I'm on now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. You, you would you you would thought that uh, I would be into Metallica and Sabbath and Van Halen because all those albums there was Deep Purple everything. Sure, but uh, everything dropped. There was nothing because uh, I could put on a Metallica album. But it wasn't as good as Maiden, so why would I listen to it? I would change it to a Maiden album. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go, there you go. And why listen to something that's not as good? Yeah, yeah. What, <laughs> and something I thought was really cool is that you mentioned that you just stared at the album cover and you're looking all over the place. And uh, oh yeah, it, and it really struck me as it's it's uh, because you're about uh, let's see, you're you're ten, twelve, you're thirteen years younger than me. You're born in the mid eighties. Yep. Um, yep. But and and you were you're kind of at the end of an era of the old school era of yeah you know getting an album staring at the cover and you know pro- I'm sure you were probably reading the lyric sheets and you know doing all that Absolutely. stuff so cool yeah. man that's such a cool uh, but you said you said you stopped looking you know you kept looking through his albums and it was just like everything else kind of went by the wayside so what other yeah. what other maiden did he have when you were looking through his uh, collection. Uh, he had actually all the classic albums. Oh, okay. Up 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 till the Seventh Son. Mm, okay, okay. And all and, the eight, all the eighties albums. And you said that you still have those albums to this day, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool, very cool. I eventually bought them from him. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. I was gonna say, did he ever come back for them? <laughs> <laughs> he'll he'll hear this and go, wait a minute, where's my record? I want hold my record back. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. So at this time um, that you found this and you're kind of discovering this, you told me you were around 10 years old. Um, yeah. You end up getting to go to a record store, you know, because that, how, how were there a lot of record stores in your area at this time? Uh, we live in quite the, how you say, rural part of uh, my town. So mm-hmm. it's like 25 kilometers to the next city okay. that had the record shop. So every time my parents wanted to go to the city to do some grocery shopping, I was begging to get along and <laughs> <laughs> begging them to stop at the record store. So, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So when you finally get into a record shop, you you told me that you bought your first Maiden CD. What did you buy? Yeah. What did you buy? I've been thinking about this, and I'm not quite sure, but I think it was the number of the beast probably that album cover <laughs> yeah exactly i think the first three albums that i ever bought by maiden and this is kind of funny because uh they were first the number wait so you said you said number of the beast and what were the other two uh the debut album and the x factor oh wow that yeah, is wild. Three different albums, three different eras. <laughs> so. yeah, the first album from each era, too. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. So so I I have three three albums of my own and 
three different singers. <laughs> that's a, well, that's a perfect setup then. So you're hearing all three. I mean, and I'm you're you're a young kid at this point. So are you? Yeah. You're, well, I mean, I'm sure you're looking at them. And you're going, okay. There's three different singers. So are you thinking like, what's going on with this band? I mean, do they, does every album yeah. have a different singer or something? <laughs> exactly. And no internet, so it doesn't. <laughs> wasn't so easy to go and check if yeah. the band was even still there. Right. Right. So did you did you like all three? Like did you think did you like all three albums at the time or were you like Oh yeah, I loved them. Awesome. That's awesome. So okay. Okay, so so you're so you had X Factor obviously though, so you're you probably at some point you kind of figure out, hey, this is a modern album. It's it's at least the date. I think is you know 95, so that would have been So you go through and you go through a couple of years here, and I'm assuming in those two or three years you're kind of just amp- ramping up your maiden collection, your own, and yeah, and and just uh, you just what was what was the word you used? Uh, you said you were knee deep into it a few years later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Virtual Eleven comes out. Do you remember getting it when it came out? Actually, I don't. I don't, but I remember reading in a paper that uh, Maiden is coming to Finland. Okay. I didn't I didn't realize that uh, they released a new album. Sure. But uh, I saw them coming to Finland and uh, actually I was still buying the other CDs and then I saw the Virtual Eleven and noticed that, you know, the little timestamp in the corner of the album mm-hmm. saying 1998, oh, this is new. Yeah. So, so uh, when you got it, did do you remember liking it or thinking, what did you think of it? I was a 13-year-old kid with a new Maiden album. <laughs> sure, I like it. <laughs> that, see, that for me is, that's what I remember about, I was a little older at the time, but that's what I remember yeah. about, say, like No Prayer for the Dying, because a lot of people kind of, and even, and I know based on what I say about Fear of the Dark these days, this may not sound true, but when those albums came out back then, I don't remember thinking, oh, you know, Bruce is all raspy now and, <laughs> yeah. and, and these songs aren't as good. You just, you, it was just like, it's a new made album. Cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's true. So when you found out that Iron Maiden was coming to uh, Finland, you said you were able to get to this show, correct? Yeah. Okay. Now, and, how, how much, of course, of course I had to, I was amping up my friends to come along. So, <laughs> yeah. How many people went to the show with you? I think there was four of us. Okay. And who brought you to the show? Uh, first time, I think it was my father who drove us there. It's uh, it was in Helsinki. It's like hundred miles away. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, he he drove us there and. Uh, I think he was just driving rounds in Helsinki for the whole show and <laughs> waiting to pick us up after the gig. Wow, that's funny. God, God, God bless him. Yeah, man, your dad was a champ, man, because to drive yeah. 100 miles and just be like, yeah, I'll just... That's that's cool because obviously you mentioned, you know, your dad had all these old rock albums and, and he was yeah. in, into music, so he could probably appreciate what you were, your journey you were on. Yeah, I think he understood understood pretty well. That's awesome. So, so okay. Obviously, what do what do you remember about the show? Well, 
the main takeaway from that show for me in the long term, uh, I think, was Halloween, which was opening for Maiden. Mm-hmm. Because at that night I became a Halloween fan. I can remember it like yesterday. Okay. The song Revelation, I think, was stuck in my head for like years until I f- finally found it. That's okay. because I started buying Halloween Halloween albums. Like I'm trying to look for that one song, but uh, uh, but uh, I think, uh, well, like you said, Maiden was kind of uh, down at that moment, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if it's true, but I remember that after Halloween finished their short set, uh, I remember seeing that people were leaving leaving the ice hall, hmm. but uh, I I guess that could be just. Uh, Something that child child saw. Maybe they were just going for to grab a beer or going to the toilet before <laughs> the mating came on. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I was uh, I was si- I was sitting on the seats and they were looking at the floor. Mm-hmm. You can see the people coming and going. So. Gotcha, gotcha. So at this point in time, you're probably about what thirteen or fourteen? Thirteen, yeah. Okay. Wow, that's amazing that you were thirteen. Now, especially thinking about it now, you're 13. <laughs> yeah. Your dad drives you up, and four, and three other guys a hundred miles, yeah, to go to an Iron Maiden concert. That's <laughs> awesome. So yeah, it was it was it's priceless. Oh priceless man, to think of it. yeah, it really is. It really is. Now I didn't ask you, but are you are you married? Do you have any kids? Anything like that? Married? Yeah, no kids. Okay, okay, okay. So now, as of uh, as of nowadays, because I, I know, you know, of the friends that I had when I was that age, uh, yep. I don't probably know more than a couple of them at this point, but do you have any, you still in touch with any of these guys that went to this show with you? Yeah, actually. That's pretty awesome. Much, pretty much everyone. Yeah. Are they all still into music like you are? Uh, not that much probably, but uh, I'd say definitely more than an average guy. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, so obviously, as you mentioned a minute ago, this is pre-internet and 98, 99, we're getting into the very, very early stages of the internet. Um, yeah. but do you remember, because something happens in 1999, Bruce and Adrian both came back to the band. So do you remember hearing about this or when you first heard about it? Oh, I did. <laughs> I think I read it from this Finnish Rock sign, a magazine uh-huh. called Suosikki. Okay, I think it was that magazine. Anyway, uh, a music magazine, and I, I was just ecstatic. I was beyond myself. Sure. Not just Bruce, but Adrian too. Yeah. Whoa, that's that's cool. That was uh, because by the time you've seen Maiden. And you realize that the X Factor was the new album when you started to like the band. You've got the Virtual Eleven, and uh, you kind of got into it. Mm-hmm. You kind of know know what was happening, and you kind of looked back and listened to those '80s albums. Like, uh, whoa, it would have been so cool to see Bruce and see the band in its so-called golden days. Yeah. And then one <laughs> one morning, you're reading a magazine. That says that Bruce and Adrian are coming back. So <laughs> I, I I remember I just stopped chewing at that moment <laughs> at the breakfast table. 
<laughs> you froze like you were frozen. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. All pale. <laughs> you know, thinking about it, like I, I haven't really thought about it like this, you know, because, uh, but, but thinking about you and getting into them with that and you, you liked it. And, and yep. you, when you, and you, and especially when you said, you know, the first three you got were, you know, the first one with Paul, the first one with yeah. Bruce. And so th- hearing that and you thinking, oh, that's just a, that's just a time gone by. You're not really thinking, oh, well, well exactly. may- maybe Bruce will get back. You're just thinking, okay, he was in the band. Now he's not. Now it's Blaze and this is this. And then to think that now I'm going to get to go and live something that I probably never thought I would get to live. Yeah, it was like a just like a second chance, completely. <laughs> they, there's a there's a phrase that I'm thinking of. It's uh, it, it'll it'll make you stop. It, well, I can't. I'm trying to think of a funny way to say it. I can't think of it. It'll stop you mid chew. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I think in Finland we say uh, that definitely stops the chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's a pretty um that's a pretty big moment, especially thinking, hey, I'm never gonna, you know, like it wasn't like you were probably going and oh man, I just would so wish I could go back. You're just like, okay, it is what it is. That's so cool. I've never really thought about yeah. it like that. Um so give a little time. They released Brave New World. Um, did you hear that they were coming out with a new album or did you just stumble upon it in a record store or what? At that time, yeah, I heard it and uh you remember that they had this comeback tour in 99, so I went to see that, too. Oh, you saw that? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, every 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 tour since uh, Virtual Eleven, except Brave New World. <laughs> uh, okay, I thought you... I didn't realize you hit that one, too. So, so, yeah. so okay, so I got to ask you, so that would have been... I don't know how close it in, in proximity to the date, but within a year, you saw them with Blaze. Yeah. And then you see them with Bruce and Adrian. So what, what did exactly. what did you think like when they came out? And you know, I'm sure like a song or two in, you probably notice a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, and I remember. I think they opened up the show with AZ's High, and you know, I I had watched my uh, Behind Iron Curtain uh-huh. VHS for like million times. Uh-huh. Watched the AZ's High being played by Adrian. You know, the dive bombs. Yeah. And all that, and uh, then seeing that live after I thought that time was gone, so mm-hmm. it was it was something so cool, so cool. That's really cool, especially it's cool that at such a young age you even yeah. like you recognize that too. That's so cool. Yeah, and that's I mean because at that that's what's crazy is uh, you're still a teenager at this point, and Maiden, you know, is. With Bruce, which is how when I got into Maiden, it was with Bruce as well. But that's you know no one's gonna deny or ever say that is Iron Maiden. You know, with Bruce, that is the definitive Iron Maiden. So that's exactly. so cool. That's so cool. So when the, when the album came out, and you know, what did you think of Brave New Works? I mean, obviously, I don't hate X Factor or Virtual Eleven, but there's a little bit of a difference in uh, <laughs> quality. So, uh, yeah. what, what did you think when Brave New World came out? Oh, you can't deny that it's it's completely different energy. Yeah. So if you if you take uh, no okay, Future Real is a fast rocker with, to open with. Yeah. But the the overall atmosphere on 
X Factor or Virtual Eleven. It's completely different than when you drop the needle and hear the uh, intro of the Weaker Man. Yeah, yeah. I think the production also on Brave New World is way, way different and better than what it is on Virtual Eleven. Because to me, when you listen to Virtual Eleven, you almost feel like you know there's a little bit of a, a small rumor that Nico didn't even play on Virtual Eleven because the drumming is kind yeah. of by Maiden standards, it's kind of pedestrian. Yeah, it's so un unenthusiastic. Yeah. And then you hear the wicker man immediately, you know, your time will and, the, and that bass drum da 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 yeah. it's like wow, Nico showed up. <laughs> exactly. All the feels and everything. Yeah. It's like a drum drum track is live again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so you said you missed this tour. Well, and if th if this is the only tour you missed, what was the reason you missed it? Oh, it's uh, because I was uh, 15 and it was so far away. I couldn't get there. Just completely couldn't yeah. just get there. Yeah. How far away would it have been? Is it like the 100 miles? No, that's not even close. I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, it was in Turku, like we thought before. Okay. And Turku is like, uh, hold on a second. Is this the sh this? Oh, this is the show that we figured out that uh, Oasis was at as well. Yeah, yeah. That would have been pretty cool, actually. I mean, they're to to two totally different bands, but man, I like Oasis. Yeah, Turku is like uh, three hundred and twenty kilometers from oh, here. Oh, you should have said it's Dad. Like a tr <laughs> yeah, tr three and a half hour car drive. So gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. So that makes sense. Okay, so and especially at fifteen. So, um, now obviously the next thing that happens is they do, they, the brave new world tour happens and they, yeah. they did, uh, the, well, okay. They did the tour first and they did, so they did, they recorded dance of death. Cause this yeah. is, this is before they kind of figured out what their real tour cycle was going to be like. It starts after dance of death. So you saw the dance of death tour though, right? Yep. Okay. I saw that. So what did you think when Dance of Death came out in comparison to uh, Brave New World? Uh, they came so back to back after all, at least uh, as we're looking at now when we've got six years between the albums. But the, sure. I th it was it was different. It has darker theme once again mm -hmm. than the Brave New World and uh Maybe the production was somewhat softer or something. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. Uh, it didn't hit me the way Brave New World hit me. But of course, that was the first album with Bruce and Adrian back, so there was that type of a factor there. So uh, sure. But uh, I liked it. I liked it. I remember going to buy that buy that album. I was kind of a queuing behind the doors at the local record store back uh -huh. then. <laughs> I was queuing all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I was waiting waiting for the doors to open. Yeah. Bought it, bought it right away. Went to school and had my disc man. Needless to say, there was not much much school things <laughs> on focus that day. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm learning about Passchendaele today, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly you know um but 
that's a good point about the the production being different because you figure with Brave New World, it was kind of they were probably having to. It was like like kind of like an all. Or, I would think it would be an all or nothing because yeah, with Virtual Eleven, it felt like at least historically that they were, you know, kind of almost at the end of the road. Yeah, and with Brave New World, they were like, we're gonna give it everything we got. And you know you can tell when you listen to that album. I mean, it's just amazing. So absolutely, and and you know I think uh, I I interviewed Blaze once, and I think half the you know about five of those songs on that album he was writing with Steve. Yeah. And so, Dance to Death was the first real album with nothing left from that. It was just all brand new stuff moving forward. So. Exactly. But there's still some fantastic stuff on there. So oh oh yeah, there's loads of and the Adrian's Passion Dale. It's it's just something else. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, really cool track. What now? So you saw this tour? Do you remember? Uh, did you see it with in a, like a arena or was it like a, a you? Because you told me you're you are not a festival guy, right? Yeah, I'm not a festival guy because you know the summer nights in Finland are pretty bright. <laughs> There's so much, so much light, so you're missing the light show. Gotcha. And uh, often, often the sound is way more easily controlled in this closed, right. closed space. So I, I enjoy, I, I enjoy the arenas. Okay, so, so let me ask you this, because uh, I have to. It's a just, a, it's a question about Finland now, because I, like I said, I'm not a very smart guy here, <laughs> so I've never been two, to Finland. Two of us here. <laughs> so um because you mentioned that it was really bright at night so do you have like a like here like where i'm at you know say at 7 a.m the sun comes out and about 6 p.m the sun's going back down is it like that there or do you have the sun going down later or what sun goes down at night if it goes down okay so so you may have do you it's have a bright brightest day at uh let's say 11 p.m. Oh, wow. So how much actual dark, like a dark evening, do you get? Uh, at summer, kind of a none. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. At the arc, if you go a bit, bit higher up north, uh, you actually don't. The sun doesn't set at all wow. for a while. Yeah, um, we went. I went to Alaska a few years ago, yeah. and... The sun goes down, you know, for what we consider nighttime, uh, yeah, like eleven thirty p.m. Yeah, and then it's back up at like three a.m. <laughs> We're yeah, just like, it's, whoa! It's, it's it's exactly the same here. Yeah, that's wild. But but I mean, it's cool as far as because you have more time, you know, because you're not going. Well, we got to hurry up. It's going to get dark soon. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Okay, that makes sense then. Okay, about about that. That makes sense about the. Uh, the light and everything. Okay. So when you saw the dance of death tour, uh, do you remember who was opening? Actually, I don't. <laughs> I'm always curious. I'm always curious. Was, about Was it the murder dolls? I don't know. There was back then. There was some pretty bad, bad opening acts. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's kind of been a iron maiden. Hasn't always been the best. Like I saw, I saw the seventh son of a seventh son tour and it was Ace Freely from Kiss. His band was opening, and yeah. they didn't really fit, in my opinion. But it was kind of cool. Um, no prayer. When I saw the No Prayer tour, 
It was Anthrax opening, which was fantastic. Cool. Uh, Fear of the Dark, I believe, was... I want to say it was Testament, which is great. And then some... I can't remember who the other band was off the top. Like Maybe like a Machine Head or something like that. It was... Like, because music was changing, you know, at that time. Oh, that's what I'm, yeah, that's so, what I've seen. Cool. I like Machine Head. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you see the Dance of Death tour. I guess I'm wonder. I wonder if or do you, do you have any experiences at any shows where like something just completely off the wall ever happens, or is it like my concert experiences is always just I go, I go to the show, nothing eventful happens other than the concert, and then I go home. Uh, well, <laughs> well, uh. Made in concerts are pretty stable, so uh, nothing, nothing too big, big happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, I talked to um, you know, uh, uh, you probably remember Ron Kramer's story. You know, he yeah. he almost got trampled. I've got um, I can say this, I guess, because uh, it, it'll be out by the time you know this comes out. But the the next Iron Maiden story that's going to come out, uh, which is in another month, that guy yeah. w- was at Donington, nineteen eighty eight. And he was really, oh, was, yeah, he was really close to where the guys got trampled. Yeah, that's horrible. It's a really scary. When he tells the story, it's like holy crap, man! Like, yeah. I got, I, I got really lucky at maiden shows. I never. <laughs> do, do you? <laughs> yeah. let, me, let me ask you this: Do you, when you go to the maiden shows like this show, are you in a seat or are you in a like a, a herd of people? I'm absolutely a seat guy nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got great tickets for the this uh, future past tour. I'm pretty close to stage at Steve Harris' side. Ah, seat, seated, because uh, I used to go to the floor. Yeah. Because of the you know, the feeling and the atmosphere. Yeah. But with my luck, but with my damn luck, <laughs> there's always some bodybuilder, base basketball player reading <laughs> a fold-up map, trying to find his way back home for the whole show. <laughs> Yeah. So you can actually actually use his back as a monitor, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, those guys always seem to end up uh, right in front of of me as well. So yeah, I'm I'm not the shortest guy, but there's always someone bigger than me in front of me. Right, right. Yeah, that's I wonder fun. I wonder how big the guy is at the front row. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I think they should seat people at concerts based on their height, like the. You know, the front people should be the shortest and they should be like, okay, <laughs> yeah. everyone five feet and under, you know, you're up front, yeah. you know, now we just go five, one, five, two, you know, and just layer the people. And then that way everyone can see perfectly. So exactly. Yeah. I mean, amazing. <laughs> so any, any memories, uh, what's your memories of the dance of death tour? Well, I think it was pretty much the same gang again, attending to the show. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. And, uh, I remember the stage being really cool. I was pretty close to the stage and saw the, you know, the thick, thick guys dressed as a soldiers carrying barbed wire fences and stuff like that oh, on the man, stage. That's cool. Yeah. Between between songs and that. That's cool. Yeah, and I still remember the Lord of the Flies. It was so cool. Oh man, yeah, because Bruce soars on that too. Yeah, and it was totally unexpected. I actually didn't know the set list when I went to that one. That's so good. Yeah, and that was that was really cool, cool move. That you know, and, 
that's one thing about Maiden is, you know, like Judas Priest has never, Rob Halford has never sang a song that Ripper Owens sang. But yeah. I, I love that when Bruce came back that they immediately went straight into the catalog with, we're going to keep playing these songs because these are our songs and we're proud of them. Exactly, yeah. It says a lot about their character, so. Yeah, I would actually, well, I'm a Maiden fan who would like to see it every Maiden song played, so I wouldn't I wouldn't turn my back if they would do a tour with Bruce on vocals, but playing only Blaze era songs, so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so maybe the next concert you go to, they'll be like, they'll open with something like totally off the wall, like, uh, hey, I know this is the um, Cots, uh, uh, feature pass tour, but just for our buddy Willie out there, we're going to play Hooks in You tonight. <laughs> yeah, Hooks in You. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. Adrian could finally get to play it. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, that'd be that. That'd be like that'd be bathroom break. It'd be like after that Halloween set you saw, where everyone would start leaving. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> the, the only people up front would be Matt and uh, Andrew. <laughs> I got the keys to view in the twenty-two. Cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it'd be funny. That'd be funny if they played it and people just started booing. <laughs> <laughs> or just leave. Just Turn leave. Back and leave. Steve stops in the middle and says, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? Oh, yeah. wait, yeah. Okay, uh, okay, we'll play Aces High. Yeah. Adrian's <laughs> probably embarrassed that he got the co-writing credit on that one at this point. So, <laughs> Like uh, the artist on the Dance of Dead cover. Yeah, yes. my name. Yeah, don't, yeah, I don't even want my name associated with this. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. So, okay, so you mentioned uh, you went to the Dance of Death. You said it was the same group of guys. So... When you go see a show, like let's say this show you're going to um, later this year, are any of those guys going with you to that show? No, actually. At least that I know. But uh, this time, I think uh, we're going with my wife. Okay, okay. That's cool, that's cool. Yeah. All right, so now let's see. You said you saw every tour, so the next tour that happened was the early years tour. Yeah. Now, what did you think of hearing Bruce singing all of the early material? I actually liked it a lot. Uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to listen to Beast Over Hammersmith for quite a while. I got the uh, Eddie's archive box okay. when, it, when it was released. So I was kind of a fanboy of those Bruce versions of, of the songs from Paul era. Okay. So... I was kind of stoked, stoked to hear them live and uh, made and delivered as they, they usually do. Oh yeah, it, it was really cool, really cool. That is, man. That's it's so it's so cool to know that you saw all of these shows, like every every show in between, <laughs> because you really got to catch up on. I mean, you know, the Seventh Sun tour, the um, yeah, I guess the some the early years tour was more or less the Power Slave tour. Um, yeah, I mean, not the early years, the uh, somewhere back in time was the yeah. That's yeah, that's really cool. So yeah, that was actually, I I'd say that was my favorite show. Somewhere back in time or the early years? Yeah, yeah, two thousand and eight. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere back in time. Yeah, that would have been a really cool one to see. That would have been a cool one to see. So, but before that, okay, they came out with a new album in '05, uh, a matter of life and death, which was a huge turn, you know, because. I feel like with with Brave New World, it was very, um, it was a very together album. 
It didn't, yeah. it didn't feel like the parts were kind of moved all around and it was going in a lot of directions, but I felt like dance of death was more that way. And, yeah. but a matter of life and death felt like they really honed in dark tone. All, yeah. the, all the songs really kind of feel like they, they fit together. Uh, what did you think when that album came out? Matter of life and death. Um, I didn't like it. I just didn't, it, I couldn't get into it. Really? I, yeah, I tried and tried and, uh, then I just uh, thought, oh man, this is not for me. I was quite a f- bummed out with it, and uh, it just collected dust for years, uh-huh. a few years, on my shelf. And uh, one day I thought, oh, I haven't listened to this one for a long time. I think I should give him another chance. And, and actually, after a few years, it clicked me. Liquid me really great. It was, <laughs> it was, it was like my eyes were opening. What the? Yeah. Why? Why? Why would I love this? This is cool. This is so cool. <laughs> so you saw the tour as well. Yeah. Did you see the tour where they played the entire album? I think it was that one. Yeah. Okay, because I know there was a uh, certain point. Yeah, I know there's a certain point where they kind of cut some of the songs out and, and started. I mean, they played at quite a few shows where I think they played about 40. I want I can't remember the exact number. It seems like they played about 45 shows where they did the entire yeah. album. So, and then they kind of cut where I think they called it a matter of the beast. Cause I think it was yeah, the I think, yeah. 25 year anniversary or something. Yeah. But uh, this was. It would have been like, yeah, a, it, a, it was, it was the whole, it was the whole album. Yeah. Oh man. So, yeah. I, so I'm kind of wondering what your thoughts would have been if you didn't really care for the album, if you were probably like going, golly, when are they going to play something else? <laughs> well, there's something that uh, kind of is a accommodating thing with all the reunion albums for me that they sound so much better live. True. I think the new new albums are kind of a demos for what we're going to sound like live. <laughs> Yeah. They kick up the speed a bit, and uh, the production live is—I think—it's better than on the albums, and it's louder. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's louder. <laughs> and funny, funny thing, a war-themed album, yeah. a matter of life and death. I was—I uh, was a conscript at the moment when the gig was, so I got uh, one evening off. I had to go back to my military base after the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it kind of fit fitted in the team <laughs> wow yeah that would be that would be do you remember who opened that tour by chance no i'm i didn't realize i suck at this but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well an educated I, g- I think i think it was some small act again like they used to be yeah i say an educated guess is just going ah, it might have been one of steve's kids okay so the next tour that hits along here is the somewhere back in time tour i would say which you just said was your favorite what what did they play on that tour that you probably like because i I know i've met or i know i've heard from certain people they're like you know when they played rhyme the ancient mariner i thought i'd never hear it live was there a song that hits you like that where you're like oh man i never thought i'd hear this yeah it was it was one of the high points and uh there was this super fun thing that Bruce 
did because it was the first stadium show that Maiden played. Mm-hmm. They usually played in uh, Ice Hall or the uh, Hartwell Arena before that, and this was the first one at the Olympic Stadium. And uh, having the open sky above them, there was a seagull flying, doing circles around the stage. <laughs> and uh, Rival of the Ancient Mariner was just about to start, so <laughs> Bruce, of course, was referring to the albatross, and he was asking the audience, do you know how much it cost to get that seagull flying there? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say, he, you're about to find out what the moral of the story is. <laughs> yeah, he went there. <laughs> what, not, went what not to do. <laughs> yeah. or, or, or maybe yeah. he said, hey, just in case that bird does that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the bird actually stayed stayed over the stage for the whole, That's whole funny, song. That's funny, man. That is funny. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, gosh. So, okay. So you see this tour. The next album, uh, obviously, is 2010. So you got to, let's see. Five years. We got five year gap there. Yeah. Uh, the final frontier comes out, and uh, you know one thing that was interesting. I didn't ask you this, but um, obviously the album cover for Brave New World was really cool. Yeah. The album cover for A Matter of Life and Death, in my opinion, is really cool. Um, yes. So at the time, what did you think of the album cover for Dance of Death, though, when you first saw it? <laughs> I couldn't get it. <laughs> it I just beyond my comprehension. <laughs> did it, it was horrible. Did it put you off to wanting to hear it or anything? Did you say, "Oh gosh, this is going to be a terrible album"? Nah, I just didn't look at it. I just put on the album and hide hide the, hide the cover deep in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe maybe what they should have gotten is Bruce to sit in his living room with a little yellow paintbrush and just paint all the album covers yellow. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, so, exactly. so when the final frontier came out and that album, cause that, that Eddie kind of gets a lot of flack on the album cover, you know, cause it's basically there's the skeleton guy and then there's the really just mangled up looking Eddie, just the bizarre looking Eddie. What did you think of the cover when you saw it? I still think it's the only Iron Maiden cover without Eddie. Okay, really? I don't. I don't consider it as Eddie. Okay. No. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't like. It's it's cool cover, but the. I think they should have gone with the, you know, with the single release you had those Eldorado, that really comic book style. Yeah. Well, I definitely, yeah, I don't think, I, I disagree, though. I do think that that monster is Eddie, because, you know, when you look at the shirts, even if you look at the in vivo, you know, it's, yeah. got, it's got that big Eddie kind of face. And I'll be honest, the more, I think if you separate it from that weird body that he has, yeah. I, think, I think it doesn't look too bad. And the, and the longer it goes, the more I've adjusted, like, eh, it's not too bad. But yeah. um, I, don't, I know it's supposed to be Eddie, but something yeah. just... Of, of oh yeah i really do agree off. yeah it's definitely not kind of what we it's not what you want and then of course you get the net when the next album came out and we'll get there but that was a definitely a more traditional looking yep. eddie, eddie face so what did you think of when the book of souls uh came out as far as the album goes like well you turn it on okay you turn it on you get the really odd intro what did you think when you start listening to it a book of souls or uh, final, no, frontier. final frontier you know with that do 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 do
thought it would fit the theme because it's kind of spacious mm-hmm. sound, you know, satellite 15. Why not something like outer space yeah. background noise type of thing? Sure, but, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, yeah, like white white noise. Yeah, <laughs> that was see this uh, this is when I was getting into Maiden again, and I remember hearing yeah. that for the like hearing it turning it on and hearing all that and all the weird sounds and going, <laughs> oh my god, what happened to these guys? They yeah, went like, that's not, uh, not the easiest way to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what about the rest of the album? What'd you think? Uh, actually, I like El Dorado real, real much. Uh, I think it was great single. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was it was different, the most different album so far. Mm-hmm. Every album I had some sort of progression from the last one, but uh, the final front there was the most like uh, how do you say avant-garde yeah yeah and progressive and really experimental at times too loads of adrian adrian stuff there yeah well especially if you compare it to a matter of life and death because that was such a like like it was very direct you know and and everything was really in the same theme yeah so that, that makes sense that makes sense yeah um, Matter of Life and Dead was kind of a raw. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah. say it's it's it has. Now I'm pissing someone off, but the, there's some similarities with uh, No Prayer for the Dying. Okay, okay, okay. I don't mean the song material or anything like that, but uh, it's just the, uh, you know, the rawness of the mix and uh, kind of a straightforward attitude. Of the songs. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can take that. Um, I, a matter of life and death is my favorite album, so I mean, uh, it doesn't that doesn't offend me. <laughs> so yeah, I, I like no I like no prayer better than I think a lot yeah, of people too. do. Yeah, so so let me stop right here because we we kind of skipped over and we we obviously because of where you started, we didn't yeah. um we didn't so between the two Paul albums uh, or the Paul era. I don't want to call them the Paul era because everything was written before Paul got in the band. Yeah. The two true. the two albums with Paul, do, do you have a preference of those two? Which one you like better? I guess I like the debut better. Okay. But that, that we just, uh, like we talked, it was the second album I ever bought. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sentimental guy, so. Oh, sure. Matter. It, well, yeah, music has a way, you know, because you you play something and it takes you back to another time, you know, and you remember, yeah, you remember when you got it, you go, Hey man, this is when I was 13. It just, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's like a time machine. Yeah. No pun intended there, but, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so getting into, uh, obviously you got into number the beast and there's, there's number the beast, peace of mind, uh, power slave somewhere in time, seventh son. That's the, I guess that's, what's kind of considered the classic era that those, those five there. So, do you have a favorite band, uh, band, a favorite album of those five there? Yeah, I guess it has to be somewhere in time because it was the first one I ever heard. Yeah. And it has that really distinctive sound of its own, you know. Sure. All the gu- guitar synths and uh, it was it's kind of a fast-paced album too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's delicate and it's brutal. 
okay. the same time. And you're sentimental. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I make I mean I totally get that. That was the first new album that I got as a fan. So yeah. I just remember putting it on and it's lush, that that intro, you know, with the synths yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um so now Fear of the Dark and No Prayer for the Dying, those are the ones that really kind of you know, obviously Adrian was gone and yep. You know, unfortunately, there is an Adrian co-write on No Prayer. Uh, won't go there any further. But, you know, those two albums do get a bad rap because Bruce kind of, his vocals kind of went really raspy. And yeah. it didn't bother me back then because, like we talked earlier, it was a new Iron Maiden album. Cool, a new Iron Maiden album. I wasn't going, oh, yep. well, what, what's going on with Bruce's voice here? It sounds a little different. Yeah. And, um, but what's your thoughts on those two albums? Uh, I prefer No Prayer, hands down. Mm, yeah, me too. I think Fear of the Dark is all over the place, but the No Prayer, it's actually quite a coherent album. Yeah. I feel... It's, it's, a, it's a solid, solid album. Yeah. I, I feel like Maiden was lost when they made yeah. Fear of the Dark to a degree. Um, yeah. They tried to do, do like everything at once. Yeah. Yeah. I... I know I'm not super positive when it comes to talking about fear of the dark. I mean, uh, yeah, me neither. But, but you know, I try to be honest about it. And, and at the same time, I don't hate it. Cause I mean, it's a maiden album, but when you really, really love something and you analyze it to the nth degree or whatever, you're going to be yeah, a little yeah. more critical. So absolutely. And uh, there's not too many bands that I would care enough to give them critique. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think I think it's uh it's just so that we care. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It is, and it it's it, and also I think in doing that, it's because someone uh, someone made a comment to me the other day about you know I don't know why you guys are so I can't remember which which what we were talking about, but they said you know you're you kind of you you kind of you know bang on about how bad this is or you you know kind of beat this stuff <laughs> up, and I'm like one time someone said I'm like. If I, I said if all we did on my podcast was come on and and say how great everything was, I said it really wouldn't be very interesting, you know. Yeah, but you and I remember someone saying that uh, if any other band would release album as cute as No Prayer for the Dying, that yeah. would have been a big thing. Right, right, yeah. So for to because you're, I think one of the things like let's say okay, let me go back to Hooks and You, uh, like Quest for Fire, uh, you know, some of the yep. stuff on Fear of the Dark. You're not saying like like. Like you can say, oh yeah, I don't really like that stuff, but you're also comparing it to this is the same band that made the song Power Slave, and this is the same yeah. band that made Phantom of the Opera or Hallowed yeah. Be Thy Name, and then they also made The Apparition and Weekend Warrior. I mean, it kind of the standard is so high. Yes, exactly, exactly. So when you know when you're thinking this is the same band that made The Trooper. Let me yeah. now. Let me play you. You love the trooper. Hey, let me play hooks in you real quick for you now. And be like, <laughs> whoa, what the hell's this? You know? <laughs> oh, this is better than trooper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a couple people. I think maybe Matt and Andrew agree with that, but no one else does. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Now I guess those guys need a reality check. So there it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh god. So okay. Um, let me get back here. Let me get us back on track. So. So the final, you saw the Final Frontier tour. Yep. Did you see it now? Um, because that tour actually opened in Texas, and uh, Matt went to that, and he said 
that basically, and I've read the set list, it was more or less like a greatest hits from the modern era with a few classics thrown in. Was that the tour you saw or was it like heavy on, did you see more of what we get on, um, and vivo? I guess it was pretty much the en vivo thing. Okay. Which that's a great set. You got to hear the talent man live. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'll just check for real quick. Yeah. I, I, I think, I it, and, yeah, I think in Vivo is a great set list. I think it's a really good set. Let me ask you this, because you mentioned a minute ago that you liked, um, oh shoot, what's the song? No, the track two. Um, um, off Eldorado. Of, yeah, you said you really liked Eldorado, but I think it's the most bizarre intro for a song because it sounds like it's still the end of the final frontier. Yeah, it is. I was just listening to it the other day, and uh, you're correct. It, like it's those really, two songs, they go great together, but, the, well, you got the galloping bass on the intro, so that's 100% Maiden, but... The, that's where it should have yeah. started. That's where the song should have started, really. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. That's a good reason. one. Yeah, it surely is, yeah. So, um, do you know, did you see the set list, or did you figure out which one it was? Yeah, it was the uh, We Got Satellite 15, El Dorado, Two Minutes, Talisman, Coming Home, Dance of Dead, The Trooper, Wicker Man, Blood Brothers, oh, When man. the Wild Wind Blows, The Evil That Men Do, Fear of the Dark, I Am Maiden, The Number of the Beast, Hallowed Be Thy Name and Running Free. That's a great set list, man. That's a great yeah. set list. That's, that's probably the last time they pulled Running Free into the set, too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're right. It's a fun... Uh, that song doesn't get a lot of love these days, but I, I really, I always love, that's one of the very first songs, you know, cause I got live after death first. Yeah. And that back. yeah, I love that. And even the version on, um, on made in Japan. I like that. That yeah. was, I like that too. So it's a great live song. Yeah. It's fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let's see, you saw, okay. Then the next tour is the next tour was the first tour I saw. After, like, I saw Brave New World and I didn't see anything for 12 years, 13 years. And then I got to see the Made in England tour. So, what did you think of that? Because, like, well, I'll say this my first Iron Maiden show was the Seventh Sun tour. So, they opened with Moonchild. So, coming back after all those years, because I had like kind of a just a, a, a lot of years away, coming back and and watching them open with Moonchild again, it was just like, I'm sure I had tears in my eyes when they burst yeah. onto the stage again. So how'd you like that show? That's probably my second favorite show so far. Oh man. Uh, because I told you about that. I had all those VHS tapes. Yeah. And I had a really poor, poor copy of uh, made in England 88. Yeah. But I really liked, liked loved the set list. A lot, you know, still life and prisoner and all mm-hmm. that killers, all that stuff from the Seventh Son, of course. Sure. So I was I was really looking forward to this new chance to see that live, and uh, it was all worth the wait. That's awesome. It was really really good, really good. <laughs> what was the tour that they did? Um... Was it the Somewhere Back in Time tour where they did Moonchild as an encore? 
Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Where Adrian played it, that played it instead of the keyboards? Yeah, yeah. I actually, if you can see me on your screen, I yeah. have the... Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, bootleg of that Finnish show. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, and there was Moonchild uh, opening, uh, opening the encore. Yeah, it was really cool. Because that's the... Um, what is it? The... Uh, uh, what's that? What's the uh, uh, the six 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 flight six six six? It's on there like yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is so cool. It's so cool to hear it without the keyboard part. It begins. Cool to hear the alternate version. So yeah. Oh, I, I always love the alternate version so much. Yes, and it's such a good song. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And and it's such a it's a it's such a um, like just powerful way to come on stage. It's almost like. It's almost the build up. Yeah, the build up, but the way they explode onto the stage, it's almost yeah. like it's like an ace is high, or uh, to a lesser extent, like um, be quick or be dead because it's just yeah. so explosive. Yeah. So, oh man, that's that's really cool that you got to see that tour. That's awesome. It's so yeah. Maiden of all. I think of all the bands out there, they really figured it out, and it's cool that they figured it out twenty years ago. Hey, yeah. let's let's do our regular tour. Then we'll just do kind of a greatest hits of, of a certain era. Yeah. It's so cool that they've done that. So I, I wonder yeah. if this next one is going to be the last, you know, throwback era, the, 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 with the Senjutsu and somewhere in time because, because of age and everything. Um, Could be. Could I wonder, be, but, uh, I know Harris wants to play every, every single song live. So I think he'll try to get on the road as far as he's walking. But the- so let me ask you this. So let's let's uh, I'm fast forwarding a little bit here, but yep. okay. So let's say you go to this tour, they do another album, or yep. what? What would be the next era to throw back to? Because they've done the early years, they've done. Let's see. Uh, I it probably have to be like uh, peace of mind. Oh, no, because they did that the early years. They did the early years. Yeah. So then they no did prayer and the fear of the dark. Hmm. That oh, would, you could you, you could hear Weekend Warrior and Hooks and You live. <laughs> Man, Andrew would be right up front, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Apparition begins the encore. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's when the crowd really start rifling out. <laughs> you know, it's like it'd be start out. It's like boom. Now I'm here. Can you see me? And then everyone just turns around and starts walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can see you. And then Adrian's like, look, I wasn't in the band when we did this. I'm going to stay off stage for this one. <laughs> yeah. I'm just hiding here behind the Marshall cabinets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crying. <laughs> uh, Writing new songs. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Books in you, part two. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, well, because you think about it, and it, this is really strange because they did Charlotte, then, yeah. they, then they did Acacia Avenue, then... Yeah. I guess technically the third part of that is hooks in you. And then the fourth part of it, as if the whole thing's another your favorite. Yeah, another one over there. <laughs> From here to eternity. So like personally, I think obviously Acacia Avenue is like the standout by just leaps and bounds. And then Yeah. Charlotte's okay, you know, musically, but it's just they did a four part saga and only one of them is really a decent song. So yeah, it's really disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that good. <laughs> it, it's funny though that they did Charlotte. That, that of all the 
you know, of all the things they wrote about, that that's the one that they said, hey, let's keep that theme going over all these years. I think Charlotte has played a significant role in someone's life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who, well, you know, you got to dig, we got to dig around and find out who the, who the shark, you know, because Dave Murray wrote, or supposedly he didn't really write the original, but he was part of the original. So yeah. somebody must have known a prostitute or something named Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. So, okay. Lost his poor heart for him. <laughs> yeah. The, okay. So uh, let's see. Final Frontier. So Book of Souls. Now with Book of Souls, it was a little different because, you know, we, when they released it or the getting ready to release it, we all of a sudden heard about Bruce and what, you know, he had went through, but they, yeah. they announced the album, they announced the tour. And it was, str- yeah. it was strange because you thought, wow, is Bruce going to be well enough to tour? But it was just because we had just heard about it. He had already been through everything and he was ready to tour. So, yeah. um, so what did you think of book of souls when it came out? Cause it was incredibly I mean, I guess it wasn't too much longer than Final Frontier, but it was still a really long album. Yeah, it was the first double album, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That double CD. So uh, I was eagerly looking for it, looking forward for it, but uh, I don't know. I kind of struggle with that one a bit. Maybe just because it's 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 a lot of a lot of maiden to think take in. It is. Yeah. Which uh, which Senjutsu is also, but uh, I don't know. It never stick to me that much. I like it when I listen to it, but uh, I listen to it quite quite seldom these days. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's weird because um, when you go to side two of the album, uh, yeah. you get to like they do Death of Glory, then Shadows of a Valley. Then you got yeah. you got Tears of a Clown, which really, really, in my opinion, kind of drags the album really down. Yeah. Then you get into Man of Sorrows, which I think it's a better song, but it's still just kind of a mid-paced song. Yeah. Then you get into Empire of the Clouds, which starts out, and, and you know, that goes all over the place. But I really feel yeah. like they should have just left out Tears of a Clown and Man of Sorrows and went straight from... And you're still going to have... I mean, let's see, you got maybe 10 minutes of songs. You're still going to have an hour, an 82-minute album instead of a 92-minute yeah. album. So Yeah, maybe they should have released two albums with the more honed-down ideas. Yeah, yeah, it would have been interesting. It would have been interesting. So, But you saw that tour. Um, yep. Do you remember who opened that tour? Because like, for me, we saw Ghost was opening. Uh, yeah, it was in Finland. It was kind of a – it wasn't a full-blood – festival but it uh, was at this park you know kantola tapahtuma puisto okay and uh it's this uh, event event center outdoors event center in hamenlinna and uh there was sabaton opening okay there was amon amart stratovarius and of course raven age <laughs> <laughs> you got to get them in there yeah but uh, there was quite a few bands playing, but the uh, Sabaton was the one right before Maiden. Gotcha. Yeah. We, you know, I, I know that you know we poke fun at Steve for having you know Raven Age and Lauren Harris and stuff, but yeah, I mean, I really, as a parent, I can totally understand. Man, look, I'm I'm the one who got this band going. 
you know, because yeah. he, he's the only one who held it together in those real early years before they started recording. So, exactly. and he's worked at all. I can totally understand him saying, look, I, I'm going to give my kids the oppor- every opportunity because the thing is, uh, and, and he may not realize it, but, you know, Maiden fans, they're there to see Maiden. You know, they, yeah. it, it doesn't matter who else is opening. You might like another opening band, but you're generally not going to a Maiden show to go, man, I can't wait to see who's opening if you don't know who they are. so Yeah, and Steve has been there. He has yeah. been there and seen how hard it is to get a shot, you know, uh-huh, so yeah. with someone bigger, bigger than you, someone real famous. Yeah. So yeah. Why, why, why not give that shot to your kids? Yeah, I totally agree. And I, res- so I, you know, I know I make fun of it some, but I do, res- I do respect that as a parent. So, yeah, but, heavy metal nepotism. Yeah, but I do wish, <laughs> but I would, I would much rather, you know, have like a Megadeth or somebody, yeah. you, know, you know, or an Anthrax than a, uh, you know, someone that yeah. I, that I would just, you'd love to get the double bill, or like yeah, it doesn't hurt, yeah. You know, on the brave when I saw the Brave New World tour, which I really wasn't going to see Maiden at the time. But it was Maiden, Queensryche, and Rob Halford's band. I mean, yeah, that's that's, a, that's something. That's the kind of oh, show I, I want to see. I only can dream of. <laughs> Rob Halford in two thousand. That was oh that was man, his golden era. Oh man, he was still in his prime too. And opening with yeah. opening with the song Resurrection. Oh my yeah, gosh, that's my favorite album by him. God, that was insane. So, so good. Yes, so good. So good. Oh yeah. So, did you see the Legacy of the Beast tour? Yeah, twice. Twice. So, did you, so did they come around twice, like both eras of the tour? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which did you before pref- before COVID and after COVID? <laughs> okay. Did you prefer it with the Senjutsu material, or did you prefer it with just the original? I can. I don't know if I can say I preferred either of those. Gotcha. But, uh, but uh, it was really cool to hear Senjutsu songs yeah. live, yeah. and they they really came came true yeah. quite well. Uh, I enjoyed the first one maybe a bit more because, like I said, I'm not a festival goer, and it was in Hartwell Arena inside okay. inside venue, and the second leg with Senjutsu songs were in the Rockfest last summer. So, like I said, I was. 11 p.m. with a private day skies watching Maiden. <laughs> That's absurd. Yeah, that is kind of bizarre. That's kind of bizarre. Yeah. It's like they're the opening band. <laughs> Still yeah, playing during daylight. Exactly. Uh, so, so you obviously, you've lived in Finland your whole life, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, because it's like, when I think of it, like when we went to Alaska, it was just like, I mean, I just remember it being, <clears throat> like we're in our in our room and you're thinking we need to go to bed or whatever, or it feels late. And I look at the clock and like, but it's daylight. So you're not really thinking it feels late. And all of a sudden you're like, golly, it's 1030. We got to, you know, <laughs> we got to start winding down. We got a busy day tomorrow or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You uh, got to have good girls here. Yeah. Around here. Oh, I bet. I bet. I bet. So uh, you mentioned that you had, um, you've got tickets to go see this next tour. Yeah. What? And I know, you know, we did a, me and Matt did a little speculative uh, discussion of it. I know it's kind of been out there, but what, what do you hope to see out of Senjutsu and Somewhere in Time? Because I know that we think there's some significance. People have said five and five. What are you thinking we're going to get? I think there's the, there's the hint of the five and five, yeah. 
it could also be 50-50 if we want to speculate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, there, I've, I've been looking for those, you know, conspiracy theories be- behind this show poster around the internet. There's <laughs> yeah. a latest, latest one I saw was this one guy, uh, he was focusing on the top of Eddie's head on the <laughs> big poster, yeah. the future past poster, and there's burning buildings inside there. Okay. There are no bur- burning buildings on Senjutsu or Somewhere in Time albums, but uh, they were the spitting image of uh, burning buildings in Virtual Eleven cover. Interesting. So someone was just throwing the ball up towards future real because it's future past. Ah. And, and uh, actually, Virtual Eleven is. Uh, it's only 25 years this year. 20, yeah, you're right. Coming. It is, yeah. 98 to 23 is so 25. how would you feel if they'd open with Future Real instead of <laughs> God Somewhere in Time? I know I'd be gutted, but... <laughs> I, yeah, I can't imagine that... I, I feel like they have to open with Somewhere in Time because it's such a... Yeah. It, it's a Absolutely. it's a huge build up because if you're sitting in the crowd and then the music just yeah, yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 and you, you, that build up would be like it would go I mean it's gonna go from you know from you know okay we're hearing Doctor Doctor to man it's gonna raise the level of anticipation insanely because yeah. it's been so long so yeah I'm waiting for two two spe- peculiar spots spots in the show I think I want to hear after. Doctor Doctor, I want to hear the Blade Runner theme beginning. Yeah, and uh, when the encore kicks in, I want to hear the, those words. You know, my son asked for herself another kingdom. Yeah, that's which I leave too small for thee. <laughs> then that, I'd be happy. <laughs> that would be really cool. I mean, yeah, you know, they've. Did you ever see? Um, it was during the Legacy of the Beast. I want to say they were playing in Greece, and. You know, there's that part in the song where it's like, no, no, we can't let them take anymore. No, we can't let them take yeah. anymore. We're the land of the free. And then Bruce is like, I'm going to try something. Here it goes. And he goes, no, no, we can't let them take anymore. No, we can't let them take anymore. Alexander the Great. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like. He's been teasing around that for a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know he said it in spoken in a spoken word show somewhere. He said, yes, we're definitely going to play it. Yeah. And yeah. You feel like because this announcement that they made for the future past, these guys have probably known about it for five years. Yeah. Like because everything is so planned ahead by these guys. So they knew it was coming. And so he was exactly. pro- probably saying that and they're going, like, what's he talking about? Yeah, I yes. gotta play. And uh knowing Steve Harris's ambition. Yeah. I'd think he really wants to play Alexander the Great. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about off of uh, Senjutsu? Because uh, do you, let me ask you first: Do you think they're going to play the same three songs? Do you think those songs will make an appearance? Uh, Senjutsu, uh, Stratego, and Riding on the Wall. Hmm, I'd say some of those probably, but which one would they drop? Would it hmm. be Senjutsu? Uh, that, that's kind of what I think. Uh, that would be a that would yeah. be that would suck because that's a, that's a great live song. It was. It really was. I was kind of suspicious about it mm-hmm. when I heard they are going to open with Senjutsu. So uh, 
I was what the what the. <laughs> but I think the writing on the wall will be there. Yeah, I definitely think they won't drop that. And possibly, yeah. I, I don't think Str- Stratego should be there too. They 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 put a video out for that as well. Yeah, I I did this uh, set list speculation some time back, and uh, I actually was I putting Stratego at number two after after caught somewhere in time. Ooh, wow! I think yeah. it would fit spot. It would. That would be really cool. But but the thing is, the, the pace of Caught Somewhere in Time is so fast. Yeah. And then Stratego, you know, has that, that, that bass pedal thing going on. Yeah. You know, so that would... Made uh, it gallop, but it's slower. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Because do you maybe, think... Maybe that. So what about, um, you know, because one of the things that Steve has said, I think, was playing some of these epics, you know, and they, so they yeah. got death of the Celts, uh, parchment and hell on earth. Do you think any of those yeah. make the set? I believe hell on earth will be there. Okay. Okay. I, I think they, they've seen, seen what the fans are talking about and how they like the songs. And, uh, you know, hell on earth has been praised quite highly. Oh yeah. With yeah. the fans. Uh, I think there's quite a few, that we call epics. I believe the days of future past is given. Sure, that makes sense. And uh, how many do we have? Hell on Earth, uh, Writing on the Wall, Days of Future Past. Stratego. I was kind of hope, hope, yeah, Stratego and Lost in a Lost Word. Ooh, that would be cool to hear, you know, that... Uh, yeah. see how they pull that off and they might have to use some backing tracks for that part yeah but or, it's a short rock, rocker after all so I yeah. think they're trying to trying to squeeze in a few of those two sure 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 and one one song I think they might play which was kind of a wild card of my speculation earlier uh, I think they're gonna play Total Eclipse Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. There was so much fuss about it when the uh, 40th anniversary of Number of the Beast was released, and it was uh, Kangland was re- uh, replaced by Total Eclipse on the album. <laughs> they made the new video for the Total Eclipse. You know, it's kind of uh, it's there's there's some buzz around that that song. Sure, so, sure, sure. I wanted to throw throw in a wild guy, so I think that could actually happen. And and that's probably is that the only B side that they have put on a live album? Yeah, because being that it's on that beast over Hammersmith, it's wild that they played that live. It's almost like they didn't know that that wasn't going to be on the album. <laughs> yeah, like, and you know it is it is the future, uh, it is the past, both the song. And actually, uh, I was talking about those burning buildings in Eddie's head. Uh-huh. That someone said that it could be a hint towards Total Eclipse too. Yeah, because of the number of the Beast cover. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And kind of, kind of the theme of the song, you know, Mother Nature's Black Revenge and stuff like that. The end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 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 So. Now the only other, I think we didn't mention Senjutsu very much, but. Yep. Obviously, we had the big build up, 
you know, to yep. Senjutsu. And um, actually, I remember, you know, the whole Belshazzar's feast and everything. I was in Alaska. That was really cool. Yeah. I was in Alaska. I remember like it was supposed to be at a certain time. And I remember I was with my family in Alaska and we were getting ready to go mm-hmm. somewhere. And I remember we had to stop at a store and I was just like, y'all go in the store. And I was thinking, <laughs> you know, take your time. Cause it was like the, you know, five minutes away or whatever. So I was like, they all went yeah. in the store and I'm sitting in the car with my phone in Alaska, staring at my phone, <laughs> waiting to see what's going to happen. And then it kind of, it was whatever time, 10 o'clock or whatever in the morning. And then it just kind of, it was like three or four extra minutes pass. And I'm going, man, I got to hurry this thing up. Cause my family's going to be coming out. So it kind of started finally. And it was like, when, as soon as it, I realized it was a music video, I was like, oh no, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear a song before the album yeah. comes out. I want to hear it all at once. And I listened, yeah. that was the only time I listened to anything off the album before it came out. And uh, yeah. what did you think when you heard the, that song as the first single? What did you think? The first impression was, whoa, this is something completely different. What 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 is going on? And uh, that actually is, sounds pretty cool. And then when it kicked in yeah. and Bruce was just wailing those lyrics, I know that, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's funny because like you said, it's like you're hearing something in 20, uh, tw- 2021 that's so different. And you're like, this is, yeah. a, this is a band 40 years in st- yeah. putting out a new album. And the first thing you think when you hear it is, wow, this is really different. It's It's amazing to think that that they still have these creative, the creativeness to go in different directions like that. That's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. And they're not afraid to experiment nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's what I like. Uh, of course, I like the classic songs and stuff like that, but it's always cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like the, Final Frontier was. It sure. was really, really experimental after all. Yeah. Yeah, that's, def- that's definitely cool, man. It's uh, it's neat that they're... The fact that they're, they're just such a unique band. They're yep. just, they've been so many places and they're not afraid. It, it goes to shit because, I mean, because when that kind of came out, people were like, oh, it's this... It's almost like they're taking this, uh, like, um, southern classic rock vibe on a song, you know? Right. Like almost like you could almost hear Leonard Skinner do a song like that in a way. Yeah, you know, but um, yeah, it was exciting to get it. And what did you think when you just when you first sat down? You know, especially the way that album starts. You know, ah, uh, it was weird. <laughs> kind of cool how they build it up with those drum, drum, doom doom. Yeah, things and uh. Then I was feeling like Senjutsu was kind of a dragging. I was hoping um, and waiting all the time to the song kick in, mm-hmm. but it was kind of a just dragging and dragging. And it took me quite a while to learn to like it. But it's actually actually pretty cool way to open open an album. Yeah, yeah. It feels like and it. Oh, as, sorry. As usual, as usual. Uh, Seeing it live changes changes the song. Yeah, I, was it Matt who said that once? Yeah, Matt says that seeing a song yeah. live is the great equalizer. Yeah, yeah, he's he's completely right about that. 
Yeah, I've, I've, I've listened to it way more often after seeing it live. Oh yeah, yeah. It's really I liked it. I liked that one straight away, pretty much when I first heard it. Cause it was just like yeah. it was dark. It's like yeah. and we didn't know what to expect. It's, I didn't remember. I didn't really remember how the writing on the wall went too much. So I didn't remember it upbeat or anything. And I was like, yeah. So you hear that and it's just this dark and it's just like, man, this is really cool. Like I thought it was cool straight out of the gate. And of course, yeah, it's, it's really well composed. You yeah. get the feel feeling of the, uh, gathering hordes of enemy soldiers. Yeah. In the horizon. And you know, it, that it, it, it really paints a picture. Yeah. Yeah. So and- it's, it's, really cool but it just took me a while to get used sure to it. yeah okay yeah sure i think some of like steve's li- like the lyrics on this album are some of the best he's ever done too yeah they're uh, pretty great yeah so i have uh the last question i have for you i have one more question for you and it's it's yep. it's the big long uh 17 part question so this is where you have to have to to take, put your thinking cap on and, <laughs> and, uh, figure out which is your favorite song from each album. Yep. Uh, pretty, it's, it's an easy question in a way, but if you've thought about it, but if not, it's kind of like, Whoa, some of these albums have a lot of great stuff. So, yeah. And I, you know, my favorite, favorite songs change like daily, but, uh, uh-huh. I was just yesterday kind of going through the albums and, preparing myself for this this section of the uh-huh. interview <laughs> so <laughs> well now 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 we're going to see if your homework work uh, your 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 work has paid off <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> all right so here we go here we go i'm going to start i'll start all the way back i'm, I'm going to go somewhere back in time to 1980 to 1980 start off with the first iron maiden album what's your favorite song from that yeah, I think most of us would say Phantom of the Opera, but uh, I'm going to go with Remember Tomorrow. Hey, that's a good one. All right, so what about... Yeah, I think it's quite quite dynamic song with loads of variety in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's cool, cool, cool riff, and uh, I like, like the uh, slow build-up and explosive chorus, so really cool. Do you prefer the version from the uh, album or from Made in Japan? I think the album version. Oh wow! Okay, because that's the fir- first first one I heard. Yeah, gotcha. I heard it on Made in Japan first, and man, I just I love it because it's a little faster. So yeah, yeah. What about uh, Killers? What's your what would you say is your favorite from Killers? From Killers, I think I'll go with the title track. Okay. Okay. What about the number of the beast? Oh, that's gonna be Children of the Damned. Nice. What a way to introduce Bruce. Oh man, yeah, definitely. That's a fantastic song. Yeah. What about really cool solo too by Adrian? Oh yeah, and I think you already said on Peace of Mind it was Quest for Fire. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> you wish. You wish. God. <laughs> I'd say Revelations. Revelations, okay, good choice. That's that's probably my top three Maiden songs. Oh wow, altogether. okay, okay, really? So you know your top three, so you can you can tell me the other two when we get to them. Then maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> at and least you can, 
Call, call me tomorrow again and ask again, and I'll yeah. tell you three, three different songs. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, we have yeah, we have to give the uh, the 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 what do you call it? The thing where it's this is today's three. So yeah, yeah, probably that's that's a good call. Yeah. What about on Power Slave? I think this will be in top three also, and it's gonna be the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, okay, okay. So so closely followed by Power Slave. I was kind of a fence with those two, but the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, it's just so cool. Sure, sure. All right, what about on Somewhere in Time? Somewhere in Time, it has to be got Somewhere in Time because that's that's the song that got me into Maiden. That that guitar intro, yeah, it's just. It's the milestone. Sure. Milestone. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I, to- I totally understand that. I totally understand that. It's funny because we come from different eras because I got into yep. them, you know, a little bit before Somewhere in Time came out. And you got into yep. them, gosh, uh, 13, 14 years later, same album, though. So that's cool. Yeah. So what about on Seventh Son of a Seventh Son? Uh, this was a bit harder, but uh, I think Infinite Dreams. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, I like the songs with loads of dynamics. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you know, tempo changes and stuff like that, different sections. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of a, a, a very dynamic album, what about No Prayer for the Dying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think J-Mo had this same song, but I'm going to go with Public Enema number one. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's a really underrated song, you know, just because of the title. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, well, it's, it's glad it's the only stupid thing on the, the album. <laughs> yeah, I will, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, yeah, as bad as, bad as the... I mentioned Hooks in You. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately, they didn't drop that one they you know what they should have said is look adrian's not in the band we don't want to put a song in here that adrian co-wrote yeah think how much better the album would have been (laughs) yeah but 90s was kind of a maiden and especially bruce fooling around a lot sure sure with these funny funny things like well hung feelings and stuff like that So what about um speaking of of, of albums where they were really fooling around with things what what about uh, fear of the dark from here to it no 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 just <laughs> leg. Uh, uh, it's going to be afraid to shoot strangers okay okay i can see that um what about now x factor cuz this is the album you got into uh when they were they were there so what what was, was this one yeah and it, actually this was maybe the hardest one to pick because uh I used to listen to this as a kid so much, but uh, there's mm-hmm. so many good songs. I love Fortunes of War, of course, the old three songs that Bruce has sang, Sign of the Cross, Lord of the Flies, Man on the Edge. But uh, I was listening to X Factor yesterday, and actually Judgment of Heaven rose up. So I thought to go with that. Okay, okay. That's a good. It's, that's, a, it's good. It's not. It's not the norm. So that's good. I like that. Yeah, and there's guitar harmonies in there, <laughs> which is which is actually quite a lacking lacking thing in yeah. Leather Maiden. Oh yeah, yeah. It what about a, it? Has a 
full chorus and guitar harmonies. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, that's a staple. So, what about Virtual Eleven? Um, Educated Fool. I like that one. I like that one too. Yeah, it's it's really atmospherical. Yeah, yeah. It's, it keeps yeah. the theme going through the whole song. I think it's it's a solid song with cool melodies. I think the lyrics are good too. You know, they're kind of introspective yeah. lyrics too. So, yeah. Okay. Now, what about the new era with the, or the more recent with Bruce uh, Brave New World? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Ghost of the Navigator. Ooh, that's a good one. There's such yeah. there's like that that riff goes super heavy there. It's so good. Yeah. And there's so many good riffs on that one. Good work, oh. Janik. Yes, yes. All right, what about a Dance of Death? I think I know where you're going on this one. Yeah, talking about good songs written by some of the guitarists. Uh-huh. It's going to be Passion Dale. Absolutely, absolutely. Very good. Well done, Mr. Smith. Yes, yes. What about on A Matter of Life and Death? A Matter of Life and Death... Uh, this was kind of a hard one too, so I had to listen to it a bit. I couldn't just throw it in. Yeah. Uh, but I was going for that. You know, I'm a bit of a World War II history nerd, and uh, of course, the D-Day is is always interesting. Yeah. So with the ominous build-up intro, I'm going to go with the longest day. Ah, uh, good choice. I love that bit where it's. Yeah, it's and like, I love those uh, Nico's like drum explosions, yeah. imitating like cannon fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really there's. It's so funny because just and not just in that song, but like so many bits like where you you listen to a song and you get a feel for a place or something like you listen to power slave, you kind of get an Egyptian feel. You listen to nomad. Yeah. You got that Egyptian, you listen to send So you got that, that vibe. You listen to mother Russia. Yeah. You get that Russian vibe. It's just this. They're so good at, at, at painting a picture with their music. It would be cool. Cause that's how I listen, listen to songs every now and then. And on longest day, there are really cool guitars on that chorus. Yeah. Behind there. Yeah. Like open ringing chords and stuff like that. Really cool, cool stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's fantastic. Okay, next album is the Final Frontier. Yeah, uh, I told you I liked. That they were quite a f- experimental mood writing this album, and uh, yeah, I went full in with Starblind. Okay, okay. I just love that song. Oh man, cool melodies and different different progressive stuff and adrian is really handing out some ear candy along the song oh yeah yeah i i love really, the, really great. i love the line in there you know you believe you have much time but i tell you your time is short <laughs> that's such yeah a cool, that's cool that's, that's cool just, great lyrics yes all together oh yeah absolutely absolutely so what about the book of souls ah <sighs> I really enjoy Bruce's storytelling. So I had to go with the Empire of the Clouds. Yeah. I really like how he carries the song and the story. It's uh, And of course, 
if you listen to it, there's some reminiscence from, I'd say, Power Slave, Rime of the Ancient Mariner can be heard there in the mm-hmm. instru- instrumental sections. There's so much from all along the way. It's it's kind of an album of its own. Very and cool. I just I I just I just love how how it did did the story with the music and the lyrics both. Yes. Yeah, that's another cool. one. That's another one where the music really fits everything that the story is telling. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And someone saying that the uh, oh, made in piano. No, 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 no. The, it it fits there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, if it sits, it fits. Yeah, I mean it, that's another one of those things where you're like, it starts and you go, whoa, what's this? You know, it's just, yeah. But it fits, like you said. If it works, it works. So yeah, and at least when when the band forty years old, and they're doing something different. That mm-hmm. only tells you that they are not flying on autopilot. Yes, absolutely. No pun you intended. See, still, yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's there's still still some ambition, burning ambition, if you will. <laughs> no pun intended. Going <laughs> when we just got to the pun fest. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, you've got your hooks in me now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no big sin. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, and so um, <clears throat> the last album, obviously, is the most recent one, Senjutsu. So what do you, what's your favorite track off Senjutsu? Yeah, it's gonna be Hell on Earth. Okay, okay, okay. I was kind of uh, wondering about The Darkest Hour, you know. It, I, I really enjoy that song. I know it gets a lot of crap, but I, I do enjoy it. Yeah, there's such a cool, cool lyrics, and uh, I think it's one of a kind song to to blaze in glory like a dying sun that always gives me chills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, like I said, the, the lyrically, man, they were Steve knocked it out of the park. The band knocked it out yeah. of the park on that album. So yeah, it's you know sometimes you listen to one of their albums and the lyrics, you know, like I would say. Book of Souls it was good, and maybe it's just as an overall album. But I thought I felt like Senjutsu kind of blew it out of the park <laughs> compared to that. Yeah, so. you don't like the ones in Hooks and You, huh? Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that was probably you know I'd say Hooks and You, Apparition, uh, Quest for Fire. That's probably the pinnacle. I mean, it's not going to get any better than yeah. that. You know, well, maybe Alexander. <laughs> Maybe, you know, maybe. Yeah, you know, like you read from the Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He d- yeah, exactly. That's funny. Oh. Only only lyrics written in bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He only lyrics that, that were written uh from Steve's high school uh notes from class. <laughs> On the sun, Philip of Macedon. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh he founded the city called Alexandria. The ti- yeah. By the Tigris River, he met King Darius again. Crushed and him again. And beat the Pers- Persia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He paved- died in fever. Babylon. Yeah, he paved the way for Christianity. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the important thing. 
Oh man! And after but, all, died in died in fever in Babylon. That's that's yeah. the way to end the song. Yeah, <laughs> but you know Bruce no, Bruce sells it. No well. sequels there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bruce sings it well enough, so that's good. That's good. Yeah, and as a non non English speaker, as a child, that didn't really matter to me. It oh, was yeah. a cool song. It's a stunning song. I don't care what they're singing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. Well, it's like so so powerful deliverance from Bruce. He delivers every every chord and every yeah you know word in there, full of cool melodies, riffs, really cool instrumental pieces all around. Great song. Oh yeah, sort the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, if you're a band for forty years. I mean, you know, we a lot of times it's easy to talk about the things that the band has messed up or not done right, but even yeah. even in saying that stuff, they've done they've made a lot more good decisions than bad decisions. So yeah, and that's the telling thing there. So yeah, absolutely. Well, man, we I think we have covered we have covered uh, all of Iron Maiden here. And we've gotten your whole story in here. I think. Is there anything that that, that I didn't mention that that might have been left out that you remembered later that I that we need to mention? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Well, I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> ask me tomorrow. I, yeah, ask me tomorrow. <laughs> Let's do the part part two then. <laughs> different different top three songs. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, probably, probably when we end this call, I'll, I'll remember all kinds of things. But the, that's, yeah, that's life. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Um, hey, and we we survived through a snowstorm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I got I got the sun coming up over here on me. So yeah, we got sun going down soon. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but I, I did want to say, um, I know that you told me before before we really got on this. You said that. Yeah. You had hurt me and Sarah were giving you. You said Sarah gave you a hard time uh, about sending your story in, and that's what got you to send it in. But man, I really do appreciate you sending it in because you know, I always tell people it's interesting because there's like a there's this, and I was explaining it to my wife last night too. There's this community of people on Twitter that we all interact and we all you know there's there's it's not the huge, but there's enough names that you see on a regular basis. Everybody's yeah. cool. There's no one that's in there being a jerk. And you'll see people, you know, checking in with people if something's going on. They're, hey, is everything Definitely. going okay? And it's a real, yeah. it's a real neat community. And I always tell people it's one thing to meet somebody like that. And I, I have the luxury of actually getting to talk to so many of y'all in person, you know, or via yeah. the phone or whatever. And, and here's another instance where, you know, now people are going to put a voice to when they see you on the course. You do videos too, you know, the guitar yep. videos and stuff like that. So, so you're out there more than, than, you know, some people that just post. So, but, I, but man, I do appreciate you sending the story in. It's been yeah, awesome. It great fun. Yeah. It's been awesome getting to, to, it's been to meet you, to chat with you. Um, Absolutely. And uh, I, like I said, it's, if, if people don't send a story in, there's no story to hear. So, yeah. So it wasn't as bad as you thought it would be, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, hey, he's talking about Maiden. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I do that every day. <laughs> yeah, I always tell people it's just it's an excuse to talk about, you know, what we love, so. Yeah, 
and it's always good to have uh, like different points of view, mm-hmm. something you don't don't think yourself. Sure. Chat chat with someone from all the way across the world, and that uh, you, your points can be changed completely. Oh yeah. So it's it's, re- it's really cool. Yeah. You see some some albums or some songs in a different light, or get new information, or yeah, or just speculate on some nonsense. That's always <laughs> fun. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. It's uh, but yeah, I really do appreciate it. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having having me. It's been really cool. 